Why not save you, Murray? And I can't protect you if I can't feel you. You're right. Well, that's a first. Our enemies are everywhere. Your priority has to be protecting our friends from the two rivers. Oh, we finally have some back. Good night, Lan. Be back before dawn. Is that an order? Did it sound like a suggestion? <laughs> All right. Come one, come all. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are again in the salubrious confines of the Naka virtual Nakatomi Ballroom to break down yet another episode of Wheel of Time. This is episode six, I believe it is. And of course, I'm joined here by my compatriot in arms. Hello. Okay. The Swedish chef has joined us here this evening. <laughs> This may or may not make it in, but that's okay. But yes, as always, I'm Woody. I'm Nate. And we're here to talk... Well, this is what? Penultimate is the seventh episode. So what's the... Is there a P? The pen penultimate, I guess. Pen penultimate. Penultimate minus one. Episode six. Let's just oh. go with episode six. It's <laughs> probably safer. Six, which is called... What What hit me with it? The Flame of Tarvalon. There it is. Flaming Tarvalon. Oh, there's some flaming in this episode for sure. <laughs> yeah, look, there's a bit to talk about, as yeah. I understand. And who better to get into ear canals to talk than the boys here at A Couple of Pricks? Just my surface take. I didn't have too much wrong with this episode, so I'm kind of keen to... I noticed a tweet of yours, and I went, ooh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> there might be a little spice to this episode, viewers or listeners. There's just a little bit at the end that is still percolating in well, my... Uh, in wherever it is that things percolate. Percolate. <laughs> in the uh, the French press of your mind. Um, but I think I think this is hilarious because we went through a big song and dance last episode about how we're not going to jump back and forwards and we're just going to deal with specific plot lines. Yeah. And then this fucking episode drops. It's one fucking <laughs> it's plot line. One, it's one it's, fucking plot. It's all Moraine all the time. Yeah, so anyway. If this was the kind of show that would be eligible... You feel like this would be the for your consideration episode for <laughs> yes for Rosamund Pike. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, because she certainly dominates almost every scene. So here we are. So should we jump straight into it? Have you got got something you wanted to add to begin with? One or two quick little things. One for listeners. If any of you are keen followers of our social medias, you would have seen that I had some unexpected work-related travel last week, which meant that I just wasn't around to crack the whip on Anyong and make sure the episode was edited in a timely fashion. Apologies for that. Kind of don't really care because you fuckers aren't paying me for it. Yeah, no. So, if we so, crack the ship behind the paywall, we'll owe you something, people. Yeah, yeah. So, th so there's. Look, I, I am. I feel sorry for it, but not enough to really change. So it was a, a mild. Uh. It's like, uh, well, that sucks a little bit. So, apologies that the episode didn't come out. Obviously, it is now live in the world. And if you're listening to episode six and hearing this apology, obviously episode five is out. So, whatever. But secondly, one of the things that you mentioned in last episode, Woody, in in the wrap up, was mm. a comment, and I'm I'm paraphrasing. I'm hoping that pretty soon we'll see some consequences. Hmm. Mm. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. We've got yeah. some consequences this episode, so. We do. We do. Let's jump straight into it. All right. We open after our previously on in a small fishing village. Well, not actually, not even a village, a small fishing shack yep. on a river. Yeah. I didn't really have much to say about this. It was nice scenery porn. So my original take on this, though, is I assumed it was in the river areas outside Tarvalon, because you could see this sort of massive structure in the background. Yeah. I'll find out later, of course, that's not the case. But So where we are is outside an area, well, a nation called Tia. Mm -hmm. Tia is a little nation, and where this little boat is, where Suyan is growing up, mm -hmm. is, considering what happens later in the episode, I find this very funny, this little area is a bunch of little deltas. There's a, a big river comes down, breaks into little deltas and goes into the sea. This is mm -hmm. called the Fingers of the Dragon. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. But notably, Tia, as a nation, are mm. about as anti-channeling as you will find this side of White Cloaks. 
Right. Okay. Well, let's just cut down through it. We, just, we focus in on this young lady with a little bit of a potty mouth, I might add. Mm-hmm. She does some channeling to help out Stumpy, her dad. <laughs> Because he's only got one hand. Yes. And apparently someone saw her, which I thought, oh, that's a bit, bit of a contrivance, to be mm. honest. Yeah. Someone saw that happen. But anyway, given where they were, given their location, so she channels to undo a knot and then they get back to their home and it's all been burnt to shit, which yeah. I was a bit, oh, that was quick. They're yes. obviously further down the river than I first thought because I only got the impression that they were just you know just off from where they were because otherwise surely they would have seen that. You would have thought. Mm. Unless the only way I've justified this in my own head is this has happened before, other people have seen her before and maybe it wasn't in reaction to that channeling that right. they've burnt it down. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, maybe. I just took it to mean you know someone saw her at the time yeah. and stuff. But you'd need to be in the fucking boat. Oh, but, thoughts. Just to remind myself again, as if only female channelers who can see female channeling, or can any woman see Only channelers. Only only people that can channel can see channeling. So <laughs> that's even worse because yeah. it was barely fucking noticeable what mm. she did. Apart from what I mean, I guess especially she waved her hands around, so maybe maybe that could be a thing. Mm. I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit of a contrivance. But one of the things to notice that there was something written or drawn on this burnt door and I could barely make it out on the TV and again as listeners, especially from last episode, if you've, you've gotten around to it, realise that I don't get out of my fucking chair for anyone. So it wasn't until I watched her get on the computer that I could notice it looked like a, like a letter 9, or numeral 9. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed, I remember back in episode 1, mm-hmm. there was the trollic attack yep. with the goats. And they looked like it. And I'm wondering to myself whether they're linked, because I originally thought it was just like a winky, noddy thingy to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't know. Is it, have we missed it somewhere where this is explained? or It hasn't been explained yet. I think it's been mentioned, barely, but that oh, okay. is something that's called the Dragon's Fang. Dragon's Fang. Fang. And oh, no. it's something that is, if you suspect someone is a dark friend, you will carve or draw the Dragon's Fang on their door. It's analogous to drawing the Star of David on someone's door. Right. So... And this is this assumption that everyone's bad if they channel. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Well, there you go. So it's a nine or is that just the shape of it? It's the shape. This is something that I've always found a bit naff in the books. Mm. The yin and yang symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of them. So it's oh, one half of the yin. It's either the yin or the yang. I think if it's upright like that, then I think that would be the yin just to be... But anyway, yeah, like that's probably by the by. So one half of it, the half that isn't that, is the symbol of the Aesodai. Mm. It's meant to indicate Sadin, Sadar, the two halves of right of the source. But because one half of the source is now fucked, that's become yep. evil. So that's then a symbol for evil. Right. And the Aesodai, who are all now women, their symbol is the other half of that. Right. Okay. Well, then that makes sense, I guess. Hmm. That they so someone's drawn that on the. I mean, it was anyway. It was well. Then why would they've done it with the goats? Can't speak to it on the goats. Okay. Well, there you go. So we find out now she's not allowed to stay there. So she's fucked off. She's Moses down the road. As, yep. As I said. Yes. What I couldn't understand is why her old man couldn't go with her. Like I understand he can't come into the tower, hmm. but like he hasn't doesn't have a home, and one suspects he's not very welcome. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was a bit. It was cool, but kind of then not cool. It's just felt a bit contrived. A fairly stunning act of patriotism and a fairly ordinary act of fatherhood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. Then we have the credits. Then we're into it. We are. So we're in the, the high tower. The hall of the tower. Hall of the tower. Which was a nice establishing shot, but I couldn't help but think a bit of a wasted space unless those levels were ordinarily there'd be like a crowd and maybe the ice die fewer in number. That's kind of what I, I thought. Because otherwise, if you wanted natural light in there, mm. why wouldn't you just have it at the top? It just seemed to be pretty ostentatious. Yeah. I don't know. It's mentioned like the tower used to be full. Right. There used to be hundreds or thousands of Aes Yeah. And in a big sitting of the tower, there would be levels on levels of people viewing it. I kind of got that idea because yeah. when Psycho Rogaine alludes to the fact that he can raise an army of a hundred or whatever. What's that effect? I kind of got the idea of, uh, well, maybe that's the case, that those various tiers would have been, not tiers as in tiers, but tiers and tiers, would have been... (laughs) 
would have been filled with people looking down, which would have made a little bit more sense. Yeah. But we find out now that the young lass at the start is, is, is now Dumbledore. Yes. And we've got all the other teachers of Hogwarts around it. And we've even got <laughs> <laughs> we've even got Professor McGonagall replete with a Scottish accent. <laughs> I mean, come on. Originally, I was kind of just having a bit of a giggle, like, you know, and then as soon as she stood up, I went, oh, there's Professor McGonagall. Righto. <laughs> and then we've got Rogaine dragged before everybody. Yep. All bluff and bluster. Yeah. Trying so to it's... basically goad them into killing him. Well, that's what I figured. Because he's basically, he's gone from, uh, I stabbed the bitch and you're all fucked, to, no, 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 please, please kill me. Yeah. So I, th- I thought he was a bit hammy too at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, and it was dispatched with so quickly that it was kind of not really worth anything. Well, to drag that analogy from before, it was dealt with deftly the minister for the Herman Hub or whatever it was mm. who had to apologise. Josh gets bitch slapped. <laughs> so I just thought that was a bit hammy. It was got out of the way. Everything was done and dusted. He's now going to be studied for a while. So that goes back to that point where you said he hangs around. Yes. Because I thought, well, that was not going to hang this bitch. But here's something and it's in blue. So this means I'm after an answer. She says, depart now in the light. Mm-hmm. Is this a different light than the white cloaks are about or is it? It's the same light. It's the same light. It's the same light. The white cloaks just don't believe that the Ace and I follow it. Right. Okay. Okay. Groovy. That kind of threw me for a second. I even paused mid mid swill of beer to pick up on that. Goodness. <laughs> to say, wait a minute. That must have been did important. She, did she just say light? But then the Xbox remote took too long to re-engage, so I picked it up again today. Okay. So I noticed Rosamond. Maureen, rather, or Rosamond Pike, whatever. She was standing slightly in front. Mm. I mean, is that just in her contract? <laughs> or <laughs> It did strike me as a little odd if, you, if the three of you were waiting for judgment, waiting for your audience. Yeah. You'd kind of, all three of you, be standing in a line. It did, it did so. strike me as a little odd, but I'm guessing it, it's the producer credit. Yeah, well, because well, Dumbledore straight up says Lanolin Red was mm. next in charge as soon as Carrie Ann Cannell bit the bicky. Yeah. So it was just very strange. And we get that nice little moment where Lanolin Red jumps up and says, you know, she loses her cool a little bit. Rather than just saying he was too powerful for us to contain, she personalises it. You should have seen what he did to Kareni. Yeah. Because it's actually her proper name. Now that she's dead, we probably should stop calling her Carrie Ann Kennel. Why start now? <laughs> and it, it was pretty obvious that Professor McGonagall from the Blues was surprised that the Green spoke up in defence of the Red. Like, mm. everyone seemed to be at, oh... So I, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. In the, the internal politics, mm. the green and the red are as opposite as you could get. Uh, okay. Even just on the, on the base, the red have mm. no waters and hate men. Mm. We clearly know that the green do not hate men. No, no, not at all. <laughs> so they're probably the two most divergent factions. Mm. Here's where I got a bit now about this. First of all, I'm going to call out Rosamund Pike's acting here because I'm going to call it out a bit later in the opposite. But here she looked really good. Like she, you could tell she was working out shit behind her eyes as Lanolin Red makes a move. Mm. It was pretty unsurprising that Lanolin Red goes out here, but I echo Dumbledore when she goes, is there a point to all of this? Like she yeah. didn't, the whole, oh, you know, you've brought one of the powerful channelers here. Yeah, she's flinging shade at Dumbledore the whole time. Let's distract. Oh, oh I'm, yeah. I'm fucked, but what about these but guys? Was, and hey, it was, it was, these guys are doing all, bad shit too. Right? It was real whataboutism. Not only that, though, it was kind of pointless because nobody there knew Nanu Nanu could do anything of that sort until she was... Well, until she healed your ungrateful ass. How about yeah. that? <laughs> you know, let's not forget. She healed you. Yeah. It, it just seemed a little bit contrived because it's a bit like sometimes when... You see in other TV shows, Law and Order and all these sorts of... Well, not that I watch Law and Order, but I know enough of it. But everything's so circumstantial, and yet somehow they make out that it's massive. Mm. And yet it, it could have been so easily explained away. Maureen was easily explaining it all away, and then suddenly mm. Dumbledore cracks the shits. Like, it just seemed really, really, really strange. Like, yep. I don't... I've got here, is Maureen supposed to be all-knowing? Because it was all solved so easily. She's been travelling for two years from here to the two rivers yeah i mean if we had a map i'd know where the fuck that was but the point but being yeah. oh well, look this thing happened out. over here this thing yeah. happened over here why didn't moraine tell us it's like Ex- well what the uh, fuck bitch i mean it, it was super I'm one contrived woman. yeah yeah exactly i'm one woman i can't be everywhere yeah and even the shit you're trying to call me out on like where were you motherfuckers because we saw you in the first episode running that dude down that mm. didn't look anywhere near 
any civilization or anything. So it was all very, again, I keep using this word contrived. I, I do think it means what I think it means, but it just seems like <laughs> that's all it was. It was just someone desperate to distract and... Yeah, and then Dumbledore bites hard on it Mm. because it just makes no sense for her to get cranky. And she says, I'll pronounce your penance tomorrow. It's like, okay, you do you, champ, but are you going to be unreasonable? (laughs) So at this point, I was like, again, my Irish was getting up a bit. I'm like, what the fuck, man, is going on? This just seems silly politics. Mm. Could the writers have not done something a little better? Like, I just felt it was... (laughs) Anyway, I did like the bit between Lala and Red Maureen with the gaggle of giggling Gerties behind her and Maureen's just looked at her like I'm so done with this bitch that is 100% what that was and then the, have you seen the uh, the Wheel of Time cousin yeah. tweet about it yeah. oh, not this bitch not again not this bitch again yeah <laughs> I mean holy crap that was amazing yeah. And it was just, you know, your time is up and whatnot. It was real, I don't know, it was high school shit. Mm. I just didn't, I didn't feel it. I just didn't feel that whole scene. It was built up to be something better. Yep. There was no surprise that Dumbledore was, was the little girl from the start. But, uh, I don't know. Did you get anything out of that that sort of seemed to be dun-dun-dun or anything? Not really. Obviously, I know some of what's coming later. Yeah. So that part of it's not a surprise to me. I did like On Your Knees when it came back later. Oh, see, I cringed at that when it came back later. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I went, oh, really? Fuck off, bitch. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I did. We'll get to that in a little bit, because we see L'Oreal and Nanu Nanu creep around in the background, yeah. while Maureen takes some rather elaborately poured tea. Yes, <laughs> just, which just happens way, to get across the road. Yeah, and Orvery sips and Land drops in, tells her where they're headed. And again, things are moving at the speed of plot. So suddenly she follows these guys and lo and behold, or it, sorry, I thought she was following her, but it doesn't seem like L'Oreal and Nanu Nanu were going there at that time. And Lan just takes her straight to where Rand and Matt are. And Rand sticks his foot right in it, which I did think was, was good. You know what it made me think of? And this is just this most strange shit. In Rocky Horror Picture Show, there's this funny scene where they bust Janet and Rocky having just done the deed. Yeah. And they cut to everybody. And the, it's like, Janet, Janet Dr. Rocky. Scott. Yes. Janet, I'm... Brad, Rocky. <laughs> it's, it's just... <laughs> oh, fuck, I love that movie so much. It's so stupid. And it's not that long, but there was a quick whip pan around to Moraine, and then you've got Land there and back, and then quickly back to Rand, and then back to Moraine. And it's like, that's some funny... It's just what I got in my head. Rocky! <laughs> and then Land just basically puts Rand on his ass. I mean, that was all very cute. Mm. I got this feeling, you know how we talked about a Silverthorn episode? Yep. I got this is what I got out of this. Like, I'm, I'm jumping already to the tail end. But, like, we've suddenly got Moraine here, who, or Maureen, who just fixes Matt. Yep. <laughs> she gets the Horcrux out. So, no surprises there, but it was definitely a Horcrux. It was definitely fucking with him. Yep. <laughs> I did I did like the look Moraine has on her face when she's got the dagger, and she just goes, you, you, you stupid know, boy. <laughs> For fuck's sake, if you San Francisco cocksuckers and just listen to me <laughs> in the first fucking place, did get that whole thing. That was I thought that was very, very cool. Yeah. I mean that was a pretty cool effect. Like yes. that black stuff going in towards the mouth and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you because you knew. But I saw absolutely no jeopardy there. I didn't think for a nanosecond that Moraine was gonna get in any I didn't think she wasn't gonna be able to handle it. Yeah. This is one of a couple of differences in the books. Moraine is able to, she's able to band-aid Matt in the books. Mm. Okay. So she separates him from the dagger, Mm. so he's not cunty Matt anymore. Mm. But then he needs to go to Tarvalon to have seven sisters actually sever him properly. Right. So I don't know if that's just been shortcutted. There's also something going on with Matt that I don't know about, because we we get at the end. Yeah. Now... I'm reaching here. I'm like, oh boy, am I reaching here. But she makes the comment that if he picks the knife up again, he's fucked. Mm. But he's still got the scabbard. Yes. Now, it's almost certainly not a thing, but I just wondered whether there could be a bit of deus ex somewhere along the line. And it's like, oh, we thought you were free of it, but he holds the scabbard out. I don't know. Because, I mean, the scabbard and the dagger were quite ornate, quite elaborate. I doubt it's anything, but it was just something I Yeah, noticed. and if he touches the dagger again, he'll die. Why not take yeah. the fucking dagger away? Yeah, so Land covers it up with a blanket. So does he go toss it in a river? Like, one presumes there's a place to lock these things up, I mm. thought. My take out of that whole thing, that was Land just being a badass. <laughs> just yeah. stands straight in front of Rand with the sword. Doesn't even flinch. There's just nothing to it. It's yep. just boom, bang, arm lock, face down on the bed, bitch. Yeah. 
You know, don't don't even exactly try. what the needs been dreaming about. <laughs> um, was it here that Nanu Nanu rocks up? Because yeah. I've got a little comment here. Yeah. So and then Builder. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That was bit in blue. Actually, I don't know. Is that a spoiler to know why they call them? Builders? Not at all. So the Ogier, as a race, they generally stay in their own little areas. That they live in areas called steading, mm, which are. Yes. Yeah. I think he mentions the steading. He did, yeah. Because that's how he says, oh, you're an Ogier. So the steading are special little sections of forest that mm-hmm. are kind of protected. I can't really pull a, an analogy from anything else. Okay. But they're little pockets of super forest okay. where the Ogier live and are, are safe. You can't channel in a steading. So if an oh. Aesodai walks into a steading, they can no longer sense the power. But if they stay too long away from the steading, they get a thing called the longing and eventually they'll die. This is Ogiers? Ogiers. Ogiers, yeah. Okay. So they need to go back to a steading every couple of years to get some forest mojo back. Ah, okay. But one of the things that they are renowned for is being the world's best masons. Ah, right. Okay. So 3,000 years ago or however old Tarvalon is, they built that. Right. And it's said that Ogier stonecraft is so good it's indistinguishable from fucking magic. Oh, okay, cool. There's nothing like it. If you if you think of, I guess, could be in any any fantasy thing where elves make their homes, like the trees grow into their homes. They yeah they they mold the trees. I think Dragonlance has it. You know, everywhere that has elves has it. Yeah, well, Lothlorien is the uh, example of that. Like that's the first time we've got it. So. Ogier stonework is that sort of level of incredible. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So they're referred to, particularly by people that know them, builders is a very high statement of esteem. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, well, you could definitely see that there was a... And there's a a glory to the builders later that she drops in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I liked it. Yeah, it was just cool. Like, they both kind of just nodded to one another, like as if, you know, it was a bit similar to when Gandalf and... Elrond talk to one another. There's that respect. They're both yeah. badass. So, but from there we get Nanu Nanu getting bitch slapped. <laughs> yeah, you stubborn <laughs> idiot. Yeah. What did she say? Try, try using some of that wisdom or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, if you're going to call yourself wise, I don't. I just thought that was cool. Yeah. Because Nanu Nanu is entirely too proud for my liking. Yes. I understand her character, so I think her heart's in the right spot. But I do like watching her getting taken down a little. Yes. Bit. Just watch the sass cap in sassy pants. Like, I do like I do like her just getting taken down and yeah. because it's it's good character. And obviously, I think if I want not bad things to happen to her, but if I as a viewer watching that, I'm enjoying that. Then I'm obviously buying into the character relationship. Yeah, I'm looking at the actress going, "Yeah, you snobby bitch!" Like I'm watching, and really, Moraine. It's almost like she had absolutely no patience left with anybody at all. By this time, she's so pissed off. She's pissed off at Lanlan Red. She's pissed off at Dumbledore. She's pissed off at Matt with the dagger. She's pissed off and then just drained yeah. from doing the magic. Yeah, just copping a facial. <laughs> so, <laughs> facial from a dark fiend. <laughs> there was a real, real subtle callback there too, I thought, and maybe I could be imagining this, but in Nanu Nanu's eyes, because Maureen said, when I find these people, you'll know about it. Mm. Well, Nanu Nanu found them first, basically. Yeah. And you know, I think Nana Nana thought she got away with it. Mm. And then she's like, oh, fuck, hang on a second. Moraine yeah. is super powerful because she, it's she, she knows all she the things. Them. Yeah. I just took that as red. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So we get a really nice set piece in the towers. I call it an onsen, which is the Japanese bar, which I thought was nice. And we get Maureen and Professor McGonagall. So we have this little more world building here. We get there's a clear anti-red sentiment. Yep. Which I won't draw any communism remarks here at all because we get nothing here we get McGonagall telling Moraine that she has to stay behind because she's travelled enough besides McGonagall's got to go and find out about these ships that have just been sinking yeah. and I got into a little bit of trouble here because I've just binged season one of Witcher again preparing for Friday's drop of season two yeah there's a part in there about an entire fleet that got wiped out in the ocean mm-hmm. and there's a part of me that's watching this again today going how the fuck do you know about that like I got my my, <laughs> my TV's just I'm like wait a minute that's awfully convenient so yes. I quickly went back and double checked I went yeah no that's that's what I'm talking about yeah oh that's the, the, that's the, the other show that just, I'm watching yeah yeah pure coincidence yeah. <laughs> like but it was very funny then I'm like how the, my first thought is how does this bitch know about that like 
hang on. And then I start conflating the two, waiting for Geralt Riviera to come walking through the door. Um, if they were on the same network, if I'm sure there would be neckbeards in their mother's basement putting together the, the grand unified universe theory where it's all connected. But It is all connected. It, oh, mate, it's oh. all connected. I've got the red cord to show you. It's all connected, man. <laughs> so we're back to it. There's something I couldn't understand when McGonagall was talking. Moraine picks something up and she drops something. I couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. And McGonagall looks at her and says, more secrets. And then we cut away. Did yeah. you happen to see what that was? I did. And the only reason I clicked on it and knew what it was. So in my reread, I'm about book five at the moment. And each of the Aja have their own eyes and ears networks. And mm. there's ways that they can signal you that that they've got a message or that they've got, hey, come and see us without uh. coming to see you. One of the things that the yellows do is like a little bunch of a particular plant or a particular herb or something tied up with yellow string. So that's right. that's what I picked up that as being. And the only reason I know that is because I read it two days ago. Oh, right. Okay. That was a little note from the yellow Ajar saying, hey, we've got something for you. Okay. Great. Got it. Okay. Because I was thinking, shit, I hope that wasn't anything that Lan- it was a secret necklace or something that no. Lan had given her. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's, that's actually pretty handy. Yeah. So here's another sort of thing that I'm tripping on is that I'm not getting any of, of the why out of the Isodai. Like, why does Maureen have to stay there? What do they do all day? Are they the rulers of this city? Do they administer it or are they just there? No, they're do just they... there. <laughs> they yeah, run so the they tower. just lounge around? That's quite different. That okay. whole thing with McGonagall is right. quite different. That doesn't really happen in the books. The blues are all on their own little agendas. They, yeah, they've got okay. their own little causes and they go out and do their stuff. While some of them are certainly sent, like you have this thing that you've got to go and find, you have this thing that you have to go and find. Moraine has, and we find out a little bit later on, a bit of how she's gotten into the situation that she's in. But yeah. she's just off doing something that she doesn't tell anyone about. And there's and there's plenty of sisters that do that. So yeah. this is just the head of the blue saying, nah, I've had enough. Mm. I'm assuming based on some of the stuff that's gone on in a couple of the other episodes where you're really powerful, you could be a threat to the Amaralyn, mm-hmm. we've got to protect ourselves because the Reds are getting powerful. It's also potentially from from Megan, Megan, Morgan, McGonagall. McGonagall. <laughs> a, <laughs> I mean, it didn't help that her name was an M. Yeah. M sounding name. Yeah. Megan um, or something. It could be very much from her. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. I don't care. I need you here because you're powerful as shit and we need you to help bolster us and give us some stature against what's going on with the Reds. So it's potentially just internal politics more than anything else. So if I was in charge, if I was a showrunner, this is what I would have done because we don't know what the Aes Sedai really are all about other than these real tiny drip feeds. Mm -hmm. And what I would have had was an episode or so ago, I'd have had Maureen... Or even Lanolin Red. Probably would have worked with Lanolin Red. Taking Nanu Nanu for a tour through the place. And you sort of see classrooms. Or you might see places where they practice their magic or whatnot. Because what's missing, I think, in this show is the viewer perspective. And you can drag that West Wing metaphor out. Like Donna is the viewer. She would ask the questions that us as a viewer would ask. So the exposition could be dumped on her desk, yep. basically. And I think this is a wasted opportunity to have Nanu Nanu not be our viewer. You know, we could have had kind of like a montage, but she could have been taking them here, there. There could have been the Reds practicing combat. There could have been the Greens doing whatever the Greens do, growing mm-hmm. shit out of the ground. I don't know what they do. People doing lectures, with aesthetics walking around. That's what, you know what I mean? Like there could have just been a real feel that this is a vibrant happening place. Yeah. Stuff happens here. You know, we see some yeah. in the last episode. They say, oh, you're going to be expected to be a novice. We should mm. have seen some novice training. Yeah. Let's see that about, you know, let's, yeah. and let's see. Go to a potions class. <laughs> yeah. Like, and if it was Lanolin Red that did it, we could have even seen Maureen being dragged in to sort of give a guest lecture or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just something to give Nano Nano this idea of what it's all about. Yeah. So that's almost like So a, then the viewer has that idea. Yeah, because it's just a little bit blurry. 
as a lay watcher. I don't know. Same with the white cloaks, as you talked about last episode. You said they're all over the place and they sort of sit along the border of Tarvalon and they harass the villagers along there. Well, you get none of that. It's all just very blurry for me as a lay watcher to figure out how it all fits together. And I think, to be honest, I thought the end of this episode could have been the end of season one. Mm. Like, I thought that could have been a pretty good ending. Yeah. So they could have breathed a little bit more. Yeah. But anyway, that's probably just a little side note. And something that's been in my mind in the editing and going through and listening to it as, as we're cutting it up, one thing that I think isn't made clear, and I think definitely some of the things that you've said have indicated that it's really not clear, is just how big of an organisation the White Cloaks are. Yeah, absolutely. They can bring anywhere between fifty to 70,000 arms to bear. Like, they're a right. fucking so, force. Yep. Which There's nothing like that yeah. in the show. And then your questions about why do they put up with these guys, mm. if you knew that there was fucking 50,000 of them back at home base, okay, yep. we'll just not actively fuck with these guys because yep. there's an army of them, there's a host where if it's just these tiny little pockets of like a dozen dudes, fuck mm. them. Well, that's that's a hundred percent. That nails it right on the head. And I mean, it really needed you to explain the white coats properly last podcast because they absolutely are not explained well in this show. It really does just look like a ragtag bunch of fucking psychos. There were yeah. more tinkers than there yeah. were white cloaks. <laughs> There's nothing that makes you think it's not just this random yep. group of two dozen fucking mm. dudes with the same tailor. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. So we catch up with Egwene and Perrin. Yep. Perrin does his best acting so far in this series. Can I read you my note? Please do. Moraine gets a message from the Yellows and goes to see Perrin, who does his best acting of the season so far. <laughs> <laughs> Though I've got to be honest, I was not convinced he was asleep. Oh, no, no. <laughs> At least he didn't say anything. <laughs> We've been doing this shit for too long. <laughs> but it is interesting. Maureen is still keeping them apart. Yeah. Like, it seems odd that she's... And Gwen asks about the others, and yeah. she doesn't lie, but... No. Yeah, I just thought that was a bit strange. I guess, I don't know, it doesn't even become clear later why she did it. Yeah. And then she catches on about Perrin's Beastmaster eyes, and then goes on again about how their city is just a complete fucking nest of vipers. Moraine's saying, trust me, but don't trust anybody else. And then just leaves. I don't know. It just feels a little bit like, now is the time for us to stop not trusting Maureen. Yes. I think they've drawn that out about as long as they possibly can. We get that she's on the level. Yeah. So let's just run with it. We know what she is now. We know that she's got her own thing. Yep. Particularly after this episode. Hopefully we don't have any more of this keeping well, yeah, unnecessary it just seems... secrets. Yes, and that's what they are. They're just completely and utterly unnecessary. But now I guess we come to the <laughs> the main point of this whole show. Yes. So Aes Sedai and their warders can mask their bond, which I thought was interesting. Yes, yeah, the Aes Sedai obviously can mask the bond. Yeah, so the warders can't do it as well? No. We don't know? They can't do that. Ah, okay. And I couldn't help but wonder if that's a bit Jacobian. You know, like they make a big deal of it. I wonder whether it's going to come back a little bit later as well. Potentially. Yeah, I just wondered that as well. Like, maybe because when he finally twigs to what's about to go down, pardon the pun, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's right. And then she finally uses this not mirror mirror on the wall. Which, again, in us being far too similar and having the same notes, Chekhov's paintings. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so now she's in, uh, it looks like it's Dumbledore's hometown. Yes. I got the real distinct impression because of the wildlife noises outside, the thatched roof. It's not like a private area in the tower. It looks like a different area. It looks like a place they do their secret rendezvous. Yep. And we see that Dumbledore's there and Al Green's song start playing. Well, well, Let's well, get it I've on. I've been really trying. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the song. And look, I don't know if this is in the book or not, and I don't care. It's fine. It adds a level of depth to the characters. It was, everything was fine. I wasn't sitting there going, oh, I'm not 12. But I was utterly unconvinced by either of them in their acting. I did not believe either the of other one. Yeah, just couldn't see it. They didn't sell me on their forbidden romance. They didn't sell me on anything. They didn't sell, sell me on the longing I mean, it's two years. Two, two years is a long fucking time to go without, especially if you're in love with somebody. It's now pretty clear that we now know that Land and Maureen don't, don't, don't play own. catch. I just wasn't convinced. I didn't feel any passion. I didn't feel any emotion. I just went, okay. It felt like the script supervisor was standing off there going, okay, and now you guys kiss, 
And, well, we've already mentioned that the on your knees thing made me cringe. I, it's just did. I just went, oh, that's a bit fucking there. Given the nature and the reason why she had to get on her knees before, yeah. I just thought this was a bit, yeah. I don't know. And I'm also grateful we didn't get an uncomfortable fucking love scene, to be honest. Maybe I'm an old fuddy-duddy. I don't know. But I'm kind of done with that. This is my best favourite. It's really <laughs> me fell English. <laughs> this is actually the way I really like to see it in TV shows. Yeah. Pan to the fireplace or the beach shot from here to eternity. Just move away from the couple. We don't need to see it. And if I want to imagine it, I can. And if I don't, well, then I don't have to see it. I can just move on for the, the massive exposition dump that we're about to get. Yep. So I think, and not to psychoanalyze, I think it's because you're getting to a point where you're watching a decent amount of TV with your daughter. And yeah, possibly. And you, you don't want that... Do the Uncle Arthur. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I don't know if we need... Well, just pause that one. Yeah. Yeah. I do that enough in my car with my music choices. She doesn't necessarily need to hear fucking shake your ass, watch yourself. <laughs> you know, just... Spotify has an explicit filter that you can turn on and off. Yeah, but I'll forget constantly to be turned... Then I'll turn it off <laughs> and I'll try and turn it back on while I'm driving and then I'm going to... Hey, I shouldn't do it. But a big exposition dump here. Yep. I made this comment. Dumbledore tells us that the Emperor has made a critical error and the time for our attack has come. The weapon systems of the Death Star are not yet operational. And if a strike team can land on the moon and deactivate... Like, I just... That's how I felt about that whole thing. Yeah. She tells us she's having this dream, which is interesting because the other dragon potentials were the only ones having dreams before. But she's having a dream now that the Dark One is weakest at this point in time. So... So to get book comparison, Mm. because that's what I bring to the table, Mm -hmm. they're not a romantic item in the books, but they are secretly working together and secretly friends. Right. So that bit is accurate up to the point where they fuck. But a lot of the dialogue here is on track with the book. They talk about the vision that one of the sisters had about a child being born. Yeah, that's straight out of the book, mm-hmm. and they're sworn to secrecy about this, and that's why she's off on this hunt because she was in the room and she's the only person that can know about it. Yeah, look, I dig it, but it just seems to me that I feel like we've already seen episode eight now. I think yeah. this could have been dragged out a little bit more. I think we could have got a little bit deeper behind that. I think maybe we could have had a whole day of shit working before we get the pronouncement where she's got to be. Well, we haven't got back to the the sentencing. We haven't got back to the room yet. Yeah. The sentencing. I do like how Lanolin Red tries to drop her gotcha moment on Maureen. <laughs> she basically drops on her that she's a tourist lesbian and she's got some side dick down by the docks. Yeah. And apparently, that's enough to get you booted from the Reds. Like. Yeah. And I've got one law yep. thing for you, just about magical items, because this is the first time we've sort of seen a magical item in use. We see it twice in this episode. Mm-hmm. There are three kinds of magical item in this world. Mm-hmm. Angriel, Sa Angriel, and Tur Angriel. Is Angriel a play on blood? I don't think so. It's not spelled okay. in, in that sort of way. An Angriel is an amplifier of the power. It allows mm. someone to channel much more than they could unaided. Right. So, And we see in the very, very opening scene where Moraine is wrapping everything on in episode one she has this carving of a little person that she's wrapping in in paper that's an angriel and when she needs to really lay the strap she will channel through that and it will give her more power than she can do by herself right sa angriel are just like a more powerful version of that and there's very very few of them they're super rare but they let you channel fuckloads more than you would unaided and then the last one are the Turangriel, which mm-hmm. are items that use the power to do a particular thing. The Oath Rod that we see in a little bit, you mm-hmm. channel through that and it makes an oath unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And then Chekhov's painting obviously is some sort of Turangriel as well because right. she channeled into it and it opened a gateway to where Suyan was. Right, well, did you see Did you see in Dumbledore's room she had a not-mirror-mirror on the wall as well? I didn't see that, but I would assume that she would have to have had the same sort of thing. She does, because I went, holy shit, there's a not-mirror-mirror there. When they come to meet her, she's sitting down there, she says, I'm not what you expect. And if you look up behind her, mm-hmm. it's an identical thing, only this time the picture, whereas the one with Maureen, she's got like a woman looking through a portal. Yep. This one looks like the opening sequence of the river 
where she's from. Okay. If you, if you happen to go back and look at that spot, because I looked at it and went, oh, fuck. Just like, I looked for Black Fagan again. I couldn't see him. <laughs> um, if we go back, though, if you're particularly astute, it was Lanolin Red didn't answer Nanu Nanu about all the Reds hating men. She said no tall men. If we'd probably been paying attention then, we might have realised that Lanolin Red actually likes the D. She gets down with ID. the D. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that we get tossed out of the Reds. Well, she says, and you won't get tossed out of the Reds, what they will go and do to him. Like, that's a bit far out. It's a bit rough. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, he should better know better. But it's not like she's Marcellus Wallace's wife. Like it's just, it just seems a bit strange. That's all. I dig it. I get it. But I, I liked the whole Lanolin Red jumps down. It's like this fucking bitch again. And she's basically, look, I know you like dicks. So shut up. Yeah. And, and that's it. It's like, oh, whoops. Because Lanolin Red does absolutely right back in the fucking box. Well, not as much <laughs> as Moraine does. <laughs> Perhaps not. <laughs> Hashtag magical boxes. I don't get the purpose of the scene with Grain, Maureen, and Nano Nano in front of the Amelon seat. And yep. I also don't think it's even slightly fucking confusing that the Amelon seat is a person and a seat. That's pretty straightforward. I don't know. I thought that was a bit strange. So that must have just been, look, we know we're going to have some dumb people watching this show. So. Yeah. It's, you know, it doesn't matter, I guess, I suppose. I did fucking ugh on the Amelon seat. Waits for only one woman. That's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> So now we're in that room where yep. we get the meeting with the ambulance seat. And we, I've, I've got the note there about the picture. And you, you also catch the look on Egwene's face when she realizes that it was Nano Nano who was the most uh, powerful channel. She's like, I oh, fuck. Uh. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I saw that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. But she seemed to roll with it as yeah. well. Egwene actually in this episode reminded me, oh, maybe this person can act. I start to wonder in shows when I start to sort of turn a corner on somebody, is at what point in the show was this scene filmed? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people's performances from the part of the film look slightly off to how they were portrayed at the beginning of a film. They've gotten into their character by... Yeah. Because it wouldn't have been filmed sequentially. They would have filmed everything in chunks. So so if, if this bit was filmed later than something we've already seen or was filmed earlier yeah. than something that we've seen later. There'll be differences in characterization 100%. that have just grown organically with, with a character, and with an actor learning how to play that character. A bit absolutely. More with the exception of Parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even more so in a television show, you don't get that many times to do multiple takes. Hmm. So you, when you're sitting in that editing suite, you've got to pull out the one that kind of works, which is why you get continuity errors all the time. Yeah. Again, some beautiful scenery porn when Maureen's looking out over the city. Yes. Although that was that was really impressive. And I think when she walked through the portal to go to meet Dumbledore, that's from the trailer. I think we've seen everything from the trailer. I think so. I think yeah. we're done. Because I've watched the trailer a couple of times and I went, oh yeah, that's... Before we sort of sat down to do this, I, I remember to watch the trailer a bit. And I went, yeah, there's some pretty cool looking scenes in that. Because mm. we're now in the whole judgment thing where she's going to get judgment ripped down on her yeah and correct me if i'm wrong but we didn't see lanolin red get her penance no we didn't so we don't know what happened to her no but moraine and we already know this because she's asked the amelin seat to do this but she said you need to banish me because because the um, boss is telling me i've got to stay yeah so and again to harp to flog that fucking dead horse it would have been nice to know why Mm. other than just yeah you've traveled for a bit so remind me now with these oaths again. Yes. They can't lie or they have made a vow that they're not going to. When someone is raised to a Sedai, they swear yep. the three oaths on the oath rod and yep. they physically cannot. Right. Because then why the fuck do we need the spirit stick? Because it seems to me that it's like, go away and don't come back. Do you promise to obey? And she says, well, yes. Just felt a little bit of overkill. I don't Unless know. it was performative for everybody else. Well is my is my assumption. It, yeah. And well I've got all, a bit of all, yellow. All, here. Of, all of these fucks don't trust you. Yeah. You're gonna go and do your own thing and that's fine. You're not gonna come back anyway until I call you, which could be, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. So Unless So let's so, do this until Yeah. I've got two bits in yellow here. Mm-hmm. Number one what happens if this Amelon seat fucking dies mm-hmm. and Lanolin Red takes the Amelon seat? She won't ever call Moraine back. Will Moraine forever be banished? Anyway, yeah. that's my bit mm-hmm. in yellow. Yes. My second bit in yellow is I got the impression 
and I could be wrong, especially now, I probably am now that you're talking about Sangreals and, and whatnot. I wondered if there was some sort of little bit of power transfer, like she was giving her a little bit of extra juice down yep. through the spirit stick because I, I love Bring It On and I just remember the spirit stick and the Bring It On. So that was my bit in yellow, so that that's just by the by. Mm-hmm. But the whole clever as a pike, like everyone can hear that going on. Yeah. And they can see the tears and stuff. Like it seemed to be, how could they not know they're fucking? Like yeah. it just seemed to be a bit. It was just a bit too much. And look, I get that Moraine could be crying because she's been banished or exiled. But there's 20 chicks in that room Mm. who can hear everything you're saying. They know that you haven't sworn the thing that you've been told to swear. Mm -hmm. You kind of have, but you haven't. Yeah. And then you're dropping little pet names. It just seemed very... Yeah, it's, you know... Yeah. Anyway, what are you what are you gonna do? I didn't mind the back to anything. I thought it was a little bit over the top, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, it, look, it makes sense. It's not like she's being stripped like the Skixies did to Chamberlain. Yeah, she's still an Ace of She hasn't been stripped or is about to be yeah. still. It's yeah, you're just banished from here. So yeah, maybe it's a, a tradition thing. And I noticed Lanlan Red didn't gloat. Didn't seem too gloaty. I think maybe she's still reeling from being put back in her box. Yeah. Or maybe... Oh, fuck. She, yeah, shit, you, she's been banished. Fuck. Yeah, like maybe that's a thing. I didn't expect it to be that harsh. Yeah. Like, it, it did feel a bit full on. But it brings us to the massive finale and a happy reunion of everybody. Yeah. Because they all fucking ride off into the, the sunset. I'm a huge fan of the horses just fucking off. <laughs> They're just standing there going, what the shit? Yeah. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Eye of the World is the name of the first book? Eye of the World is the name of the first book. So they name drop it. Like, yep. If we were having a drinking game, you'd definitely have to take a drink there. Absolutely. Like, she said it, she said it. She said it. <laughs> well, I thought the ways were a cool idea. Yes. We see that all over the place, like various things. There's the old wick, there's like this, you know, ley lines, there's all these sorts of things. There's the never never for those Dresden Falls fans out there. I've got something in a game of mine, I call it the between. It's this cool idea. There's the warp from 40k. This is really cool the idea. The upside down. Can, it's, you know. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So here's what I thought when she said builder. I thought maybe the gears had built the ways or the gates to get into the ways. They did. And the, That's one yeah. of the things that they did as well. Okay. Because I couldn't understand why L'Oreal was there. Like, he, he didn't seem to serve a purpose. She says, I'm, I'm glad you kept your promise. To me, I thought that might have been to get Igraine and Perrin out of the of the city or something. To make sure that everyone turned up. But Certainly if this was my RPG world. Yeah, the Ogiers absolutely would have built it, which you've just confirmed. And then he's there to help them navigate through. That's mm-hmm. how I would have put it together. Though Perrin says, how'd you pick up a fucking dagger, you stupid cunt? <laughs> which I thought was a bit, <laughs> a bit rough. Like, well, you stuck an axe through your wife's belly. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not, let's not. Let's not, not so, yeah. So she opens up the ways. Yep. Or they have a little bit of a, hey, by the way, I trust you all now. We're going off to fight the dragon. And she, Maureen, deliberately doesn't say, you're all going to die. Four of you are probably going to die. Not sure. Yeah. No, not definitely for sure. We can't know what's going to happen or whatever she says. And and even L'Oreal gives her a look like, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking know what's going to happen. So she starts the, and we get a little bit of a glimpse inside the way. So look, it's not a portal. I thought it might have been like a little warp gate or something. So... This fucking cunt Matt decides he's not going to go. And no one noticed? No one noticed right, right until the last minute that he's still standing all the fucking way back? Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> and then he just fucks him off. Yeah. So I had a question. I wondered, is this in the books or is this how they've decided to get this dude out so they can recast him? I don't know. It could be. I don't know. That doesn't happen in the books. Yeah. And there's a whole... I've got a whole thing about the ways. <laughs> well, I'm, waiting. I'm, waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for this because... Just as an aside, there's nothing, I've had a look, but there's nothing online as to where this guy just fucking disappeared, just dropped, said, oh, that's it, I'm out, and left. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about the why. Yeah. I mean, he's only a young fella, so surely there's not any sketchy shit that's come up from his past. I mean, the, the only thing I can think of is, and I hope not, but some sort of substance abuse issue. Yeah. That's the only yeah. thing I could think of. Or, if you're following along with Marvel News... Maybe he's refusing to sign on to a vaccination mandate. Oh, I'm not following Marvel News. Who's not signing on? Shuri. Letitia oh, Wright, that's right has said, yeah, fuck yeah, you all. Yeah. Officially, she said, no, fuck you all. I'm out. Well, there you go. Yes, yeah, he vaccine mandates, man. Fuck, I'm so glad I don't have to make a decision on that. It's a big part of me that goes, tell me you can't get vaccinated. And the other part of me is like, this is government overreach. Just so glad I'm not in charge. 
Yeah, I mean, if I was in charge, everyone would get vaccinated. And then I'd just kill all the dissidents who said this is government overreach. That's yeah. how I'd do it. But <laughs> I would prove how little it's government overreach <laughs> by having them murdered by the state. Yes. Yes, that's, and this is one of, probably not the primary, but one of at least top 25 reasons why I should not be put in power. <laughs> yeah. And what I don't understand is how Maureen didn't just wizard him through. Just pick him up and go, ah, sorry, buddy. Like, a little bit embarrassed to say this, but not too much. When I used to work in the bar, I'd do a split shift. I'd work at the lunch, go home for a couple of hours, have a shower, and then have some food, and then go back and work the night shift. Yeah. During that split shift, I started watching The Bold and the Beautiful. <laughs> and in The Bold and the Beautiful, when they were changing actors, they just had this voiceover that says, the part of Blake will now be played by... And then that's it. This guy just started talking and no one questions it. No one goes, oh, okay, this is what the new Blake looks like. I'm not entirely sure why, if this is how they decided to get rid of him, why that's the case it was or why in the next episode, why he couldn't have just come through. Because he was still there. It's not like they filmed this after the fact. No. So So I don't uh, think it's related to that. Yeah, okay. I don't think it could be. I don't think if they were going to replace him, I don't think they would make such a drastic change to something for that reason. Again, I could be entirely wrong and he might accidentally fall in a vat of acid and have his face burnt (laughs) off and then get healed. And then, oh, you look a little different. That's just the healing. (laughs) Anyway, she makes this big song and dance about killing them all before the darkness takes them. They all need to go. Yeah. And... It's not cool. Like To me, it straight up tells us that Matt's not the dragon. Like, he's not important. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't understand it. <laughs> like, I was yeah. really confused. And I thought that, as I said earlier, this could have been a great way to end season one. Yes. Yeah. And, and thinking about what's going on, to me, that would make sense as well. I am convinced. So hit me with it. This is a incredibly drastic change to how the ways work in the books. The ways do not require channeling to open the way gates are completely different they're not just oh look here's a fucking henge in the middle of a field they're typically on the outside of steadings because the ogres help build them but they don't require channeling to use and there's a whole thing in a couple of books down the track where some characters who don't channel go off to close to lock some way gates because they're being used for some dodgy shit so they go and try and close them that option is now completely gone Right. And we're limited to this being a way that channelers can use them, is my big thing. For now, it doesn't matter, but a couple of books from now, they're going to have to deal with some things in a different way. If they do, if they don't, I'm not sure. But it might end up meaning nothing, but it's just seemed like a change that I'm not sure how it's going. The ramifications, I think. <laughs> no, dramatic. <laughs> Problematic. They're quite problematic, yes. Yeah. Matt staying out. No idea what's going on with that. That's new. Yeah. Okay. So I don't I don't know if there's lingering stuff with the dagger, whether he's still a bit fucked up, whether there's something about the magic in the dagger that's preventing him from going in there. There's a potential there that I can see then maybe next episode if what I think will happen in the ways happens in the ways. That could mean something, but I just don't know why he didn't go in. Yeah, it's very very strange. It's very, very, very strange. So I'm, I'm, where does it go from now? Because that's how the episode ends. Yeah. Like I said, that would have been just such a great spot to end it. Because we're talking about it building to something. I mean, even that really wasn't building it to something. But that, that included something. I'm assuming that the series will end with us finding out who the dragon is. Mm-hmm. Which one of the Fabulous Five is the dragon. Okay, so finding out this early isn't a problem. How many books do you, does it take before you find out? You find out at the end of book one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's not going to be that much of a murder mystery. No. No. Okay. Well, I'm on record to who I think it is, so it'll be interesting yes. to see whether it, it, it sticks with that. Remind me with who you think? I think it's Rand. I mentioned this last episode. Okay. And I think I said if so-and-so turns out to be a dark friend, I'll not at all be surprised. Mm-hmm. Payton Fane is a dark friend. Yes. I'm looking back at my notes. I said L'Oreal calls Rand an Aeelman. And he's not from the two rivers. Yep. Like that's, that wouldn't be it. And so I called, <laughs> that's where I called Randall Thor Moses in a basket. Yes, you did. Which would make sense to me that he's going to be the chosen one. Because he's not from there. He's Yeah, there. just, he's now the least likely. Even if I'm just playing the production role, he's least yeah. likely because he has Because everyone else has done stuff. Yeah. And, and he's had her big all. bomb. 
Perrin's got this, Ren's got this. Yeah. No, I can see it. But I, I just think that I probably wouldn't have thought of it until his old man, who now I don't think he's his old man, pulled out the Heron blade. And I even mentioned this. This was a yellow thing way up the front. But I said, Heron Mark Sword, does that mean Ran's dad was a warder of the Aes Sedai? Now, we don't know that. That's that's in my yellow spot. So, mm-hmm. so to me, if that's the case, playing that logically through, if he was there to protect Ran because Ran's got something special about his birth then here we go. You know, that would make sense. Okay. Which then, I'm now trying to figure out who, because I was talking about the five-headed dragon, which sort of threw me a little bit in this episode. But then I start to wonder whether whomever is the chosen one, so let's just say Rand. So if Rand's the chosen one, he still needs to have Egwen, who's going to be the chosen one 2.0 or one point whatever. You know, like they all need to come together to make it work. So the prophecy's wrong in some instance. That's yep. kind of how I'm, I also can't help myself a little bit just, because I tinker with my own role-playing game universe, that's how I would do it. If I had five players sitting around the table or six players sitting around the table, yes, that's what I would do. I would have it ultimately that you all, as players, had to play a part in getting where we needed to be. I think it's going to be important that Perrin can summon wolves. I think it's going to be important that Nanu Nanu is going to be probably the best healer that the Aes that I have ever seen. Yep. Because it does seem to manifest that way. Egwen, is, I think she'll probably end up being a blue but I think she'll end up being a very powerful blue. I just can't figure out where fucking Matt's. <laughs> Matt would sort of strike me if your younger brother was playing and he's probably only going to turn up for three or four sessions yeah. and demand to not have to pay to have a bath and go and have a bath. In his <laughs> um, that's who that character would be. So we're just putting up with him. We're okay to indulge him because he's quite funny. He's not really oh, doing anything to fuck warrior. up the game. <laughs> yeah. That's who I think. So... Them dealing too quickly with his Horcrux has bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what do I know? I'm not in charge, but I would have liked to have seen a 10 episode. I would have liked to have seen him stretch it out a little bit. Just breathe. Let's learn a little bit more about each faction. Let's sit with these characters a bit more to know who they are. Yep. Because realistically, Rand and Matt have had less than a grand total of 50 minutes screen time. And we're already at, uh, what are we, six? So six, yes. fives of um, 40. So we've had four. Fuck, is that right? God, I just had a panic attack, but that's not right. So what are you trying to work out? Six fives are 40. So six fives are 45. Nine fives are 45. Six fives are... Six fives are 30. Six fives are 30. Fucking hell. Oh, so you've had 300 God. minutes of You TV. need to leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 300 minutes. These guys have barely had fucking 60 of that. So yep. I don't know. just seems very, very strange. I would have liked to have had it live a little bit more living with these characters. Because if we're going to find out who the Dragon Reborn is at the end of this season, for example, well then we need to encounter this big bat. We need to figure out what the fucking hell is really going to happen with this. Mm -hmm. Is it potentially that they're there? You know, it's like a fight with Vader in Empire Strikes Back. They're not repaired. Someone loses an arm. Like, lots of stuff to know. I've just had a look at what the the next episode titles are. Episode 7 is The Dark Along the Ways. And then Mm -hmm. episode 8 is The Eye of the World. Right. Which, annoyingly, is going to come out on Christmas Eve. Ugh. Yeah. We'll work something out. So um, I'm giving this a six, this episode. Um, yep. I'm going with six and a half. There was some good stuff, but then some things that, as a reader, it's like, yeah, really? That's where you're going with it? Yeah. yeah. And as a non-reader, I have no fucking idea what the fuck's going on. Um, and I probably should by episode six. But yeah, there should be a feeling of where we're headed and what we're doing. Yep. But we know that they're going to the eye of the world now. That's kind of all we know. So... Get in contact with us if you want to tell us how great we are. On the Facebook, Matt, you've got those deeds? Yes, I've got the Facebook, which is ACOP Podcast, which is the for our Facebook page. Post up little tidbits here, there, and everywhere, and also a link to each episode. We are both on the Twitters. I am ACOP Nate. And I am ACOP Woody. We're on the t- Twittersphere, I think it's called. Are we in the metaverse yet, Matt? I am, because I'm still sucking on the corporate cock of Zuckerberg, because I'm on Facebook. Fair I enough. think. And have they bought YouTube yet? No, they haven't bought YouTube okay. yet. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me at the moment. I think they're the only two. Oh, Instagram. They own that one. Yes, they do. Yeah, so maybe I'm in the metaverse. You maybe. Might, you might maybe so find us in the metaverse, folks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that kind of went nowhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, as, as usual, we're counting down. I'm actually pretty interested to see where we go for yeah. this next episode, I guess. But until next time, I've been Woody. I've been Nate. And we're a, a couple of pricks. Oh,
be no 